Welcome to C3 Church Hobart. You're about to listen to a message from our series every day. We hope that you enjoy this message and please get in touch with us if you would like to be connected. Just as they are doing that, uh, I want to just uh, give a bit of a shout out to, to Michael Henderson, who has been doing all of our incredible artwork, as you can see it up here. I literally would tell him each week what I was thinking about praying on, and then obviously the Holy Spirit would change it, but um, thinking what I was praying on, and he would just come back to me with a thought and idea, and, and I think you'll, you'll believe with me that this has, has perfectly encapsulated what we've been talking about, so that, uh, yeah, that the Holy Spirit is every day. As you're taking your seats, grab your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 16. If you are using your phone or other electronic devices, resist the temptation to check your social feeds because I can assure you that pictures of cats and what you ate last night will still be there in 25 minutes' time. For those who are joining us online, it is uh, great to see you and uh, my prayers go out to you too. If many of you are joining us online and if you're in the health industry, uh, I just pray that you've received those prayers this morning. For those who may be worried that I've messed up the traditional routine of what church is all about and that I'm up here now, you're probably right, but I find that the Holy Spirit has a funny way of doing things and he loves messing things up. We are on a series called Every Day and uh, we've been reflecting on... Uh, how the Holy Spirit, through the lens of, of people who are living and doing life every day. There's a scripture in Acts chapter 4 where, where Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, it says, has healed a lame man. And, and instead of the city officials thanking Peter for, you know, for, for bringing a life to a man who was, who was a beggar on their streets, they're actually trying to find fault in him. And it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says this, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. Can I tell you this, unschooled, ordinary people, I'm not saying any of you are, but I'm an unschooled, ordinary person. People will be astonished when you work in the name of Jesus. A.W. Tozer says it like this. He says, A spirit-filled life is not a special, carefree, deluxe edition of Christianity, reserved for special moments and special people. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for His people everywhere and at all times. The most common question that I have received during this series has been focused around how and who receives the Holy Spirit. And it's something that we may never totally understand. Because I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint here, church. God is God and we are not. And we do not know all of His ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. But I'll give you a little two-minute version anyway. In the early chapters of Acts, we read that there's a small band of believers, maybe about 120 people, who were doing their very best to build the early church. On the outside, they were totally committed, but in reality, they were about as popular as a hot dog seller at a vegan festival. And on the inside, they were probably pretty anxious Because Jesus, their Lord and Saviour and leader, has gone. He's ascended. He told them he was going to do it. It was not like all of a sudden they went into his room one morning, Jesus, are you there? Uh, Jesus, he must be out for a prayer walk. He's gone. 
He said earlier, he said, I will, I will ascend, but I will send one, I will send the power in order that you may complete the mission. I'm paraphrasing here. And then at Pentecost, which was a traditional festival, we read that they're all gathered in one place, about 120 of them, when this roaring windstorm filled where they were meeting, tongues of fires appeared in the room, and suddenly it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In my own life, I have seen significant outpourings whereby people have come forward on the altar and received what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And at other times, I have seen lives transformed with the acceptance of Jesus as their Savior, and instantly they are speaking in tongues. We had a baptism here in the nine o'clock service, young Eve. And she today made a public declaration to say, I believe and am baptized. I stand and I'm water baptized. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says this, For by one spirit we were all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says this, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The challenge we face is in our willingness to receive a gift that we don't feel like we've earned and that we can't control. There was a Bible college professor by the name of A.L. Pollock who when, when was asked the question by one of his students around this topic, the student said, how long after receiving the gospel do believers receive the Holy Spirit? To which he paused and said, it's not a question of time, but of order. He said, a sword cannot cut you unless it has first struck you. He said, first the gospel must be, must be believed, then the spirit can be received. It is not a question of time, but of godly order. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, I'm going to be starting at verse 16, and I'll be going through as much as I can. Uh, just for a little bit of context, the church continues to grow, as does the opposition. I just had a conversation in between the 9 and 11 around very much this. When you step into what God has for you, the enemy will come looking for you. And that's why we preach you've got to put on the armor. You've got to equip yourself. I've said before, I don't mind the devil having a go at our building and our church. Because I know in my heart it means that we are active and that we are reaching and that we are building a community. I never want to be a church where the devil leaves us alone and goes to someone else. Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 16. Once when we were going into the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. 
She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. I have heard preachers speak for 40 minutes on why Paul got annoyed, which I can sum up for you in about five seconds. You will annoy people and people will annoy you. What I want to focus on, though, is the fact that here was a young woman who was a slave to not only her physical situation. We read here that she was owned by people. In, in, in the terms we want to use today, she might have been a, a fortune teller or, or something like this. She was owned by people. I'm going to use the word, she was prostituted out for her trade, for her skill. And they didn't care what it cost her. They didn't care what it cost her financially or or. or or physically, or whatever it was, they owned her. But she was also a slave to a spirit. She was slave to a spirit, I believe, of fear inside of her. And the reason I say this is because we read in this scripture alone here where she chased after Paul and Silas. And let me tell you, when you are broken down inside of you and you see good news and light in others, you will be attracted to it. You will be attracted to what is hope and good news. And when you are suffering here, this woman is suffering here. She's been told what to do from owners, yet she sees in Paul and Silas who come in here this, this new spirit that is inside of them. She sees Jesus inside of them and she's drawn to it. That's why she was annoying them. That's why it says she followed them day after day after day. The spirit in some of the, the, the earlier translations, the spirit is called the spirit of divination. And divination in the Greek is actually referred to as, as python. And I actually loved that, that image. In the spirit that she had inside of her was actually strangling the very life out of her. That's what a python does. The spirit that was consuming her was strangling the very life out of who she was. And we can belittle this woman. And we can think to ourselves, this wouldn't happen to me. Yet I lived much of my life consumed with a poverty mindset. My mum and dad lost everything on the farm. I remember as a young kid, not understanding why, but just being told we moved. They lost the farm, they lost the house. My grandfather lost the store. They lost everything through the droughts. And we moved to another place, another farm. And the dams were as dry there as the ones that we'd just moved from. And I grew up doing what I felt was pretty tough. While my mates were getting Reebok pumps, I was getting hand-me-down KT26s. While my friends were holidaying in Queensland, I was given a tent and told to go down by the river. And over the years, I'd become a slave to a poverty mindset. Carried on into my early 20s, even as a married man. I carried that forward and it came out of me, the poverty mindset. I needed someone to get annoyed at me. 
I needed someone to get righteously angry at me. And that person was a, a mate by the name of Phil Shepherd, who one day pulled me aside and he said, Sean, you may not have gone on the fancy holidays or had the best shoes, but you are loved by your family. So stop being a slave to your circumstances and start living in the truth that, has God, that God has for you. I hung around Phil for a long time. And I still see him as a mentor today. Because what I saw in him was a spirit that set me free from that what was inside of me. And I believe that this young woman kept following Paul and Silas because she saw in them a spirit that was different to the one that could, was different to the one she had and one that could set her free. It was a spirit that she saw that spoke of a grace and saves and a truth that sets you free. Verse 19 went on to say, when owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Verse 22, the crowds joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered for them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the innermost cells and fastened their feet in stocks. Each of us are created with a region in our brain called the hippocampus. It is responsible for both our, our learning and our memory. And it effectively helps us create a, a cognitive map of our life. In layman's terms, it, it, it stores the things that we sense and we see and then creates a life map that, that we can refer to when we're in unfamiliar situations. You know those times when you step into something unfamiliar and, but you've got that, that thing that comes to you and you know, okay, I know how to do this or I know how to get out. The enemy to the hippocampus is darkness. Because we lose the very sense that helps us create our life map. Which is, for why which is why for 2,000 years, penal institutions have used darkness and isolation to try and break down prisoners. In fact, in 2012, the Human Rights Commission petitioned to have the process of what they call cobalt, or, or deliberate darkening of rooms, banned because they knew that there was a long-term problem for prisoners. titled this message, Seeing in the Dark. I took a plane trip to Brisbane this week and I had a four-hour layover in Sydney. And I cried like a baby. No one came near me and I can understand why. Because as I was preparing for today, I saw a congregation getting free. 
I saw people getting free from the spirit of fear. Getting free from the spirit of isolation. Loneliness. Anxiety. Pride. I saw people getting free from the love of money. I saw people getting free from the spirit of fatigue. I saw people getting free from anger and brokenness that is consuming your life. You see, all of these things have been hidden to the outside world. But internally, they've been strangling the very life of the Holy Spirit out of you. 2017, a group called Pew organized a a random survey of over 5,000 participants and they found that over 80% of people surveyed said they still believed in God. Yet only 13 trusted that God was at work in their life. I think one of the reasons that we are living a post-Christian culture is because we received the the gift of grace that sets us free, but we have hidden our pain and our past in dark places because we don't believe that the truth of God will set us free. I'm going to close in just a moment. told you today it would be a bit different. As I close, I want to share the rest of this scripture. And I'm going to paraphrase it. Because we read of a jailer and his family accepting the grace that saved them and then walking to the truth that set them free. But it's verse 25 that I want to focus on. It says this. Paul and Silas, who had set a young woman free, stood in front of a crowd. They were abused. Names thrown to them. They were probably spat on. It says that they were stripped of their clothing, humiliated. It says that they were beaten, flogged, severely flogged, the NIV says. On their bare backs, they were hit with rods for setting a woman free. And they were told, we're putting you in jail. Not on the outside, not in the easy part, but we're going to put you in the innermost part of a jail where it's dark, where you can't see. It says this. It says that Paul and Silas 
undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God. Do you know what it says then? It says that other prisoners listened. Can I tell you, church, in your darkest place, be undaunted to sing praises to God because others will see. Others will listen. I've had moments this year where I felt like I've floundered. I felt like my hippocampus has been broken. I don't know how to do church. It's like doing it in a whole different language. And on the outside, I made the necessary changes and moved with things quickly and we got stuff happening. Yet inside, I felt broken. The story goes on that God sent an earthquake. Do you believe that God can send an earthquake for you in your situation? He sent it for Paul and Silas. No one got hurt. There wasn't damage. You matter so much to God that He would send an earthquake to deal with your spirit of fear. You matter so much to God that He would send an earthquake to deal with your spirit of anxiety, to to deal with your anger and brokenness. You matter so much to God that He would send an earthquake. Why? Because grace saves and truth will set you free. In a moment, I'm going to get the guys to sing the song, Come, Holy Spirit. And as they do, I'm going to ask you to do something incredibly bold. It's not cry like a baby like me. today I'm going to encourage you we're going to stay seated but I'm going to encourage you if you want to hand over that spirit that is strangling you inside as I pray and then as we sing this song I'm going to ask you just to stand where you are just hand it over annoy God he can handle it Come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. Burn like a fire, living flames of love. If that's you and you just want to stand and say, I want to release this spirit to you, Lord God. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want to see that spirit that was inside Paul and Silas. Then just stand where you are. Because we're going to pray for vision. I pray for a clarity. I pray for guidance and insight. I pray for a healing. I pray, come Holy Spirit, fall afresh on this place. Thanks for being with us today. 
If you are impacted by this message, would like to get connected, or would like to know more about our church, please visit our website at c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.